Hello and welcome to this episode of Hearty Dice Friends. <laughs> Coming up this week, dice, we're eating them. And also, for some reason, somebody will be racing a car around a track. All this and more on episode 46 of Hearty Dice Friends. Kapow explosions. I think that was the intro, Chris. Yeah, right wing comments. <sighs> Hello everyone, welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. Uh, as as my friend Mr. Clarkson said in the intro, it's episode 46. Uh, we're cruising on towards that 50. The big 5-0. Are we planning anything for the 50? I'm going to have a little party, but nobody else is invited. Can I come? Nope. That seems a bit unfair. I do half the podcast. That is fair, but you can also have your own little party. That's true. We'll, we'll, we'll have our own little parties. Our own secret parties. Oh, tiny, I'll have a little thimbleful of beer. The only thimble Wee. I've got's got a hole in the end. <laughs> That's very sad. It's It keeps me off the sauce. <laughs> I ha- I have to drink it very quickly or it drains out into the shag. I've got a severe problem. <laughs> Come to think of it, I don't think this method recommended by my doctor is safe. <laughs> Welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. This is a podcast where we answer your role-playing questions. And by your, I mean either the people who, uh, who write in and ask us these questions... Or you're, as in the people who write them on Reddit and aren't listening to the sentence. So I guess we answer your and their questions. <laughs> we answer questions, certainly. Yeah. And what I'd like you to do, Chris, because we've had a, we've had a bit of a do at the, at the top of this episode, so no further ado, why don't you lay down one of them big questions on me, Daddy-O? I'll lay down a fat question. Thank you. Put it well, down. Look- it, it, it looks like your back's hurting. <laughs> it feels like it. Not a who, but a what asks, how do I reconcile different RP styles within the same D&D party? Hmm. I think you should read the second part of this question. I thought that was a separate question. <laughs> That's not a separate I'm an question. Idiot. <laughs> Leaving is not an option as the player I'm having conflict with is my spouse. Dun dun dun! Drama. How exciting! Mm. Like this, I think this is this is like the first actual like agony aunt question we've got. We will answer generic ag- agony aunt questions as well. Yeah, if, so you've got, if, you, if, if you just need some help with, like, a boy, or if you're upset because your favourite pop group have, bro- have broken up, I think One Direction broke up, didn't they? Because they, they? Well, they've all put out solo albums, so I presume... Maybe they just want more money. That's true. Money is nice. Uh, if, if you have any questions, please do send them in, whether they're about games or not. But this is... So, I assume we're ruling out divorce. <laughs> that is a little bit far. Because that would get rid of the second part of this problem. <laughs> Just make our lives a whole bunch easier. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry, Julia. It's the way you're elves. <laughs> if you could just not elves, that would be fantastic. <laughs> so I think this... So we maybe need a few more details on this question because we're not sure what the different RP styles are. Like, no, but we can we can imagine different conflicting RP styles. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'll be Julia. You be um, not a who, but a what. Okay. Um. Okay, I want that. Isn't what Julia sounds like? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She might sound like that, wouldn't she? Yeah. They, they yeah. might. I, I, you know, I was sorry, sorry. We don't know um what gender either parties involved are in this, but I'm going to assume that seeing as she's named Julia, she's a lady. Is it actually Julia? No, I made that up. Okay. Okay. 
hi, so I'd like to talk to the uh, to the innkeeper, please. And I walk over to him and say, hi there, I really love a big foamy pint of ale, please. And I'm really excited to try all the local cheeses and pickles. I hear Amaranthine, the, the village burn, is famous for its pickles. Why, I remember many years ago when I tried my first pickle, when I was on a picnic with mother. I murder the barkeeper. And scene. So it might be like that. Yeah, could be like yeah. that. I think I think that it's tricky because when you go into a campaign, you're sort of agreeing on doing a certain thing. Like you're you're agreeing on behaving in a certain way, and that's one of the things I've noticed. When like when you bring a new player into a group, um, it can be quite jarring to have that to have their style sort of push against the like the 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 language that the other players have built up. Yeah, and interestingly, I found this works the same with a GM. Yeah. So a GM GMing for a new group uses mm. shorthand and uses yeah different um, tones of voice and what have you in a very different way to pre- their previous GM and mm. you get that same issue. Mm. Okay. So I think like you can if they are your spouse, then hopefully that you know you're you're in a you're in quite a good position. I will say here because if they were just some rando then that's kind of a shame. But one would hope that the, that the relationship you have with your spouse is a mature one, and one where you can talk to each other honestly about your problems. And this is a fairly like low-grade problem you can have, spousally. Spousally, I like that. Spousally. Um, I sp- that's what I'm calling my first child. Just <laughs> spousally Taylor. Yeah. It sounds kind of like mousy, like mousy brown hair. Yeah, I like it. S- okay. Um, so you sit down with uh, with Julia... Um, and 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 you have a word with her about how you're 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 finding her role playing style grating and upsetting. I'd like to use the term abrasive. Perhaps we should just record something for Julia now, and then and then and then not a who but a what can just put it on. <laughs> Hi there, Julia. Um, uh, our patron, not a who but a what. Uh, asked us to talk to you, and seeing as not a who but a what is a patron of this podcast, they are much higher in our eyes than you are. Yeah, they are. I, I struggle to think how they could be wrong. So if they they said that they... Oh, what's the word? Hate the way that you be an elf. They said that that's really bad. And we're here to tell you that you need to cut it out. Just really, just really back that up. Yeah, just just pop it in reverse and um, shuffle that on down to the garbage depot where you can leave it. Because we haven't got any more time for your shit, okay? Not a who, but a what works really hard at, I presume, the labour factory. To the bring job in that the, they do. Yeah, the job that they do, presuming they do a job. To bring in those patron dollars, which means that we don't have to do real jobs. We do real jobs, Grant, but it's a different kind of real job. Yeah, it doesn't involve a lot of thinking. And, and like not a lot of trousers. No, less trousers no. in our job. Um, and then and, and so and so and, and then like, like, like then stop it there. Not who but what. And then after that, um, Julie will be so upset that whatever you say to her, you can be like, oh, I didn't ask them to say that. That's ridiculous. They said they were, they were going to be really cool about it. And then like whatever you say is going to sound better. Yes. Yeah, that's when you lead with. I just think you might want to not be an elf anymore. Yeah. 
I think uh, I think rather, like rather than being horrendous horrendous to them, just saying that hey, you know what? I'm 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 not having a great deal of fun because our roleplay styles are differing, and I'd really like it. I really like roleplaying with you. I like hanging out with you and spending time with you, presumably because they're your spouse, and um, I want to try and talk about this. So how how can I how can I change? my role-playing styles? How can you change yours? What can we do to make this together? How can we involve each other in our stories so we have shared fiction together? And that sort of thing. And basically, the the best thing you can do is, is, is rather than having one player stick to one um, and one to the other, is bringing those two together. And hopefully you can both evolve your, your playing styles. Yeah, and I mean, you can do things like playing in multiple games, one which appeals to one person's mm. role-play style and one which appeals to another. Yeah. Because games are kind of tailored to styles yes that's very true and that's why that's why you quite you enjoy quite mechanical dare i say cold systems yeah and i enjoy systems where i can say whatever i want and get away with it <laughs> well as i like to call them easy systems yes mm. i have a question for you All right this one comes in from reddit this is from tales pr who I presume is like Miles Tails Prower? No, I think it's Miles Tails Prower's PR firm. <laughs> Tails PR. Handles all the marketing, all, all the public appearances. <laughs> all of his endorsements. Yeah, yeah. Tails, yeah. Tails PR soap. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it'd just be Tails soap. He wouldn't have Tails PR soap. Well, no, because there's the marketing firm soap. Oh, I see. Like, and and like, I guess it's. I mean, like, if a marketing firm can't sell soap, why the fuck would you hire them? Exactly. <laughs> Our brand's strong enough to sell soap. We'll sell your company. Or your on, weird multi-tailed fox. Hop on my little biplane and let me take you around the neighbourhood. <laughs> Let's go see some emeralds. <laughs> this one comes in from uh, the uh, marketing agency set up by Miles Tails Prower, and it says. What do I do if one of my players keeps constantly getting ones? So, I picked this question out. Mm-hmm. And I picked this question out partly because of the responses to it. Mm. Because a lot of the responses to it on Reddit were about things we've talked about before, like dice shaming. Yeah. Um, and various dice superstitions. But then, nobody actually offered an in-game... <laughs> response as to what you should actually do if somebody keeps rolling ones. So I suppose it's not it's the thing, like your player isn't your your player isn't magically cursed. Your player is it doesn't have a problem around this one. It's like you're like you're perceiving that the player rolls a lot of ones. And I think the fewer dice rolls you make in a game, the more effect the bad luck can have on you. Mm-hmm. So something like let's say Dungeons and Dragons um three point five, for example, shit ton of dice rolls. Like maybe like maybe like three around, like D twenty dice rolls for for a mid level character, and you start diving towards the average pretty quickly. But imagine that you every single time you roll an attack, you mm-hmm. fail. That's bad. That's just not fun. Mm. Like, how do you get around that when everybody else is is hitting and one person just literally has bad luck? And he's at the game table not having fun because their character feels redundant. 13th Age has a brilliant um, mechanic for this. In the Barbarian Power, 
So mm-hmm. there's, there's a barbarian power, I think it's called like Building Fury or something. And every time you miss with an attack, you get plus one to an attack. You get plus one to attack cumulative. And that plus the uh, plus uh, escalation the, dice. The escalation dice, which means like barbarians, if they're like if if they do really badly in the first few rounds of combat, at the end of the climactic combat, they're adding plus eight. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And that's a really nice method. I think that maybe having like because everyone has everyone has little jokes about about like, oh certain players are unluckier or luckier than than other players and like things like GMs are supposed to be less lucky when they're players because they use up all their luck as a GM or they roll too many dice as a GM and attract the attention of the gods. But I think that if someone does start feeling bad because they're all all their attacks keep missing and I think it's much worse to roll like anywhere between a two or a five than it is to roll a one. As to what is interesting, you know. Yeah. The um, you you, you could certainly like bring in something like like the barbarian mechanic for them, or like write up special little feet they get, <laughs> which sort of replicates it, or, or have even, things like even D and D's inspiration. Oh, like let them like when when they do some good role playing, let them store up. Ah, uh, give them give them spare. Give them a, give, give them advantage, so they roll two dice. I think, and I hopefully, think, well, yeah. one of them will be all right. I think also, like the like the one way that you can make the that you can make the player feel special, uh, but but like tie into that to that fiction that they, 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 they're getting more ones than anyone else, is to say like, okay, you've you've rolled. Let's assume this is fantasy. Yeah. Um, you've rolled so many bad lucks. You've been so unlucky in your life that you've attracted the uh, the interest of the goddess of luck. And she adopts you. And in 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 game terms, what that means is every time you roll a one, you can re-roll it. But I get to add a one to my favors that the goddess of luck owes you. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, owed to the goddess of luck. Yeah. And that means that you start generating plot. You can only re-roll those ones. You can't just re-roll any dice. But as long as that player rolls a one, they get to re-roll it, and that ticks up a little bit. And that means that they're not getting a huge mechanical bonus over the other players. And it's like, like say, for example, storing up inspiration, that could be really powerful if they just fired them, spaffed them all off in one go. Yeah. Um, there's only a you know, 5% chance they're going to roll a 1 anyway, because that's the, that's the be-all and end-all of the situation. Um, but this means that they feel like they get a little bit of a reward for doing and it. And, of course, those 1s are paid for yeah. in role-playing. Yeah, and what what that does, it's it's not like uh, you lose a hit point every time you reroll a one or something like that. It's it's pushing story forwards, and that is what missing in combat doesn't do. It can be really boring when you just miss round after round, especially if you if you've been building stuff up. Yeah, or if like you you think you've done something very clever with your character. Yeah, and it's just like no, I I don't get to play with that bit of my of my character sheet. I don't want to talk about my twelfth level paladin. But I'm going to very briefly talk about my sixth level warlord. Okay, that's that's um, absolutely fine as long as not we were, paladin. We were we were having a street fight against some um, uh, uh, were rats in a desert in a desert town, and I um, I spent three turns running up a flight of stairs, to, but, but but like like wow. running up a flight. Well, hear me out here. I, was, I I ran up a flight of stairs, let out the window, and uh, leant out the window, and basically did the warlord attack thing. So mm. like I ran up a flight of stairs, opened the window, was like hit that guy, and then slammed the window shut and ran up again. <laughs> <laughs> so like 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 I, I, this is all gearing up for me for me to pull off my daily and I rolled a two on it. I don't know, it was a three. I, I rolled a three on a d twenty and I missed. And I was so angry. I was absolutely furious because in my head I was like, "Well, I've spent so long doing this. This has to. Oh, I've built so much platform. This must be important." 
Yeah, and, and I deserve some payoff. Yeah, precisely. And that's and and, and like basically, I think like the way that I do it in, in most of my games is if, if a player really goes at it and it, it just it would be daft if it misses. If it misses, I'll just be like, "Hey, I didn't see that. Can you roll it again, please?" Just because I feel like it makes more sense. Rolls worse. Yeah. Well, at which point it was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> that truly is fate. I have a question for you, my friend. Ask me, and I shall answer. Huey Tonto asks, do you like having currency systems used in games? Why? Or why not? I hate currency in games. Uh, yeah. I think, okay, like, if you, like, if people try hard to make it interesting, it's fine. Yeah. Sorry, well, it's not fine, but it can add something to the world. Like, for example, um, one thing which I'm, I'm quite proud about in Spire is we have two currencies, one which is official and one which is unofficial. And the players are dealing in such low, uh, like such low stakes enterprises that they're dealing in stens, which are these sort of like nail looking, dirty iron coins. And ev- and and everyone in the upper half of the spire trades in uh, queens, which is a human currency, and it's like your standard fantasy gold coin. And that for me, that sort of illustrates something about the world. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. However, if it's just gold pieces, platinum pieces, electrum pieces, bronze pieces, silver pieces, I don't give a shit. That's never interesting. It's pocket change. Yeah. However, in Spire, we don't have a list of backpacks types <laughs> and how much they cost and how much they weigh. No, if, if, if anything, like we've, we've really tried to avoid having any rules for buying things. No, we have very good rules for buying things. You, you know what I mean? Like we, we've, our, our equipment is very um, scant but potent. We'll go yes. with that. Yeah, there, there is a page devoted to it. Yeah, so the the D and D way of yeah of dealing with money is you accrue money, you spend X amount, you acquire said thing. Yeah, and really, really simple <clears throat> to the point. I mean, it makes sense. I think real I, I, I think that's real with analog. I think the issue with that is, um, because of the relevant powers of say a magic item, a magic sword. It's possible to assign a gold value to an in-game benefit. Yep. Right? And because D&D traditionally encompasses quite a wide scope of ability, especially once you start hitting epic level, yep. um, you're using the same method of, of money, like the, the same method of getting things that are important to you as the most powerful warrior the world has ever seen or will ever see is using the same material currency as the lowliest peasant in the farm. Mm-hmm. And which means that the, the, like the D&D economy kind of makes sense for all the people at, lo- at the lower end of the spectrum because you're dealing in copper and silver coins and you're, and you're and like you have, you know, you have maybe uh, a couple of gold in savings and then you, 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 you eat into that to buy food and to buy shelter and stuff. Whereas at the upper end of the spectrum, Johnny McPaladin over here, so you wouldn't have a high level paladin character, would you? Sorry. Uh, Johnny McCleric over here has just spent like... Five million gold on a knife, yeah, and it's just there aren't there isn't the infrastructure in, in place to put that five million anywhere. No, it you destroys know, economies. Th- like, 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 qu- quite aside from the whole like, what, what once you plunder a dungeon, you ruin the economy of the local village. There just isn't anywhere to put the money. Like, you couldn't you couldn't effectively leverage that to get a thing. How many like, wheelbarrows would it be? Yeah, like like to go to a shop. And so like at that point, once you get into that level of power, the things which are important to you aren't your sandwiches, because your sandwiches are just coming to you at that point. You know, you have sandwiches provided. What you're doing is brokering treaties for massive amounts of land. 
or you're building businesses and you're dealing in terms like you're, you're dealing in terms of stocks like you start dealing in terms of metaphysical shares of businesses yeah and the system just breaks down i'm sorry this is this was quite an extended uh, tangent <laughs> um i will say one thing for currency i once ran a dark heresy game where i halved all of their starting um money and gave them no equipment Okay. And and the gag was they started off in the in the basement of a hive and had to try and get their way to the top undercover. Okay. Um and so like like they set up a shop and started trading things, but like it it it, it meant that the um the the rogue character instead of buying a gun, bought a load of bullets and then sold them at incredibly jumped up values to the assassin one by <laughs> one during combat. <laughs> <laughs> but if you take a look at a different style of using yes currency, please do please do which is call of cthulhu's credit rating yes that's a lovely little system it just works doesn't it doesn't it if it's underneath your credit rating you can mm. just do it mm. it's just how much credit you could stretch and like it's like it's abstracting the idea a bit into credit yeah. rating, but it's, but it's it's like like you don't need to keep track of, of, of every single thing the same way you don't keep track of every time your character goes for a piss or washes their hair yeah. You know, or washes their hair. And you can roll it. You can roll it if you if you want to stretch your funds. Mm. And that's I, genius. I will say one thing. Like the the counterpoint to that is the resources stat in World of Darkness, which if you take uh, if you take resources five, you have a superpower, which is money. Yes. And you can solve every problem. Well, I buy the problem, and I put it in a big box. <laughs> <laughs> a very big. Expensive safe box. Yeah, and so like that 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 does that does cause some issues sometimes, but I don't know. I think it's it's rarely fun to have to actively um, have currencies and I think, track like, currency. I think it's a bit like having separate languages. Like it's cool if the if the elven rogue knows how to read elvish so they can get through the secret doors in the elf hutch. But it's not well, elf house wherever the right. fuck elves live. Yeah, yeah. But next it's to the not. But it's not cool if um, later in Elf Town, the elven bartender, uh, the, the elf rogue goes up to the bartender and is like, "Oh, pretty sir, I should like a smile." And the bartender responds, "And Iria said, I have many ales for you. This one is called a swan." And then, and then the and then the GM turns to the other players and says, "Of course, you can't direct in the scene because you don't understand what they're saying." Yes, you you could yell very loudly which way to the beach. Yeah. And then, like invariably, you get. I, th- I think the I think the worst scene in role playing, which is when a a player who has just had information relayed to them by the GM then relays that information to the other oh, players so who heard him talk. It's just so bad. I always just say, "Do you just tell them the information?" Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, do you share that with the others? Just draw a line under it. We're all good. Yeah, yeah. Just 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 assume that was me describing it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Um, Always awkward. Would you like well, another question? Yeah, yeah, drop one down a wee bit, horse. Okay, this one is a Reddit question mm-hmm. from the God Goblin. Good name. Mm. You find a village completely abandoned. What could have caused it? The God Goblin. <laughs> it is I. Three smaller gods on top of each other's shoulders in a trench coat. Sopping ambrosia from yet another <laughs> goblin's skull. <laughs> <laughs> My beard is fake, but very nice. It uh, is made from seaweed and whiskey. It was. Let's get the let's get the obvious ones out of the way first. It was plague. 
It yep. was war. It was pestilence. It was famine. Ghosts. It was ghosts. Ghosts isn't one of the obvious ones. Isn't it? But, I would have said no, that's no, an obvious one. No, that's good. Because I, I, got, I got through the classic four um, biblical ones. And now you're on to ghosts, which I like. So, um, is it a literal ghost town? Like that episode of Carnival? A town of ghosts. Yeah, that's. That, I guess that's what... A layman would call a ghost town. Yeah, <laughs> me an ex uh, an expert spooksman like myself you, is the first an intellectual. <laughs> um, it was a evil queen. Ooh, an evil witch queen just made everyone invisible. Oh, that's nice. Like so, they're all. Let's let's say, for example, um, it was a a particularly prideful village. Or perhaps, Ooh. or perhaps, like um, there was there was the most beautiful boy in all of creation lived there, and everyone else thought he was super beautiful, and so tried to make themselves more beautiful. And there's some sort of moral lesson that maybe their crops failed or some shit or whatever, and because they were all busy, you know, shellacking their nails and um, brill creaming their hair in the mirror, and then the gods are like, "Well, you'll never look upon your own reflection again," and made everyone invisible, so like they can't see each other or themselves. <laughs> what you've got is a very boring to look at town that's very noisy because <laughs> they're still going to make noise what's the thing like they'll make noise but imagine what would happen like like because like they've got they've got some weird advantages and some disadvantages over normal people but like let's let's imagine the town is sticking and let's say it's like a year in everyone thinks it's a ghost town what happens when the adventurers walk in it's not like they're hello we're invisible like they're, t- they're going to go very quiet and start getting out of the way and luring them towards the not a trap in. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a trap. <laughs> oh, cool! Out of the fire, still in here. Oh. That's that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, they angered a witch, and now they're all cats. Good cats are good. Um, are they intelligent, or are they just like cat smart? Cat smart. They're all familiars. Okay. Well, familiar smart. Okay, and the witch uh, lives under the village in a big bin. <laughs> no, like in the in the knotted roots of, tr- of the big tree that grows nearby. Okay, just imagine her just like in, in, a, in a big She's in a wheelie bin. bin, in a biffer bin, rolling around like with like 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 with a with a pole like a gondolier, <laughs> like Baba Yaga with her house, <laughs> scooting the bin. I done turn them all into cats. You're right, darling. <laughs> I ain't got no beef with you. I'll pick me bin. I'll take it down the shops. Come under the village. There's <laughs> nothing bad under the village. I could have bought an alley down here. <laughs> it's I'm great. You love it. Tea. We got a milkshake bar. It's fantastic. I'll pick my bin. Get to the malt shop. <laughs> and like, all of what we said, 100% true. <laughs> that's, that's what you run with. You run with a really friendly witch who like goofed up a while ago and made everyone into cats, and now she's she just, trying to get back at it. Yeah, she just can't. She, she can't turn them back, but she's trying to make up for it with malt shops. Um, a mad king came through and recruited everyone from the village to go to war. Oh, that's good. Literally every single person, and you've got um, and so like let's say there's a uh, there's a crusade coming, or like no, it's not a crusade coming. Um, they're mounting a crusade. Um, on the nearby infidels who live in Country B. And so the army are also here, and the Mad King's like, I decree everyone shall serve in my army or be put to the sword. And so, like, you've got the kids, you've got the old folks, you've got, like, a couple of able- able-bodied people, but most able-bodied people are at war. And then no, these guys... Ill-fitting plate mail. Oh, I 
I, they probably wouldn't be able to afford plate mail even at that point. So like, the, so like, so like they, they've got whatever shitty armor they, they they have, whatever shitty weapons they've got, and then the, the king's throwing these people up against the siege wall defenses of the enemy. That's a fun story. It is. Um, one more, and then I'll ask you a question. Uh, it's near the coast, and it was a big flood. It's near the coast, and there was a big beach party. <laughs> Everybody's just on the beach, just having a whale of a time. <laughs> We're bouncing one of those big colourful balls back and forth. We haven't come up with the name for it yet, but we will. <laughs> hey, volley thing? me another one. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking, like, um, not not like volleyball, but like, you know those big beach balls? That, like those inflatable beach balls? Yeah. Like, there's not really a game you play with them, is there? That you sort of throw them, but they're very inaccurate. There's not really a sport you play they, with beach they, balls. They sort of waft, don't they? They do waft! It seems like a really bad way to make a ball happen in the windiest place available. Yeah. Aside from, like, on top of a very big building. With the most other people in the way possible. I guess they could catch it, which is good. Yeah. There's also, like, you've got a 50-50 chance. Either it goes inland or it's dead. <laughs> if that goes into the water, oh, well, guess we need a new ball, guys. That's a shame. That is that is gone. All right, this new, this next question comes in from it's from the Discord, and it's from Schizoflink, who says, "I'm a newest GM, just under a year, and a lot of times after I describe a scene to my players, I get dead silence. What can I do better to get them not to default to?" Um... Sorry, actually, I, I did that a little bit um, too worried. Um, can, can, can I get another take on it? You may. Uh, That's how's that? Yeah, okay, thank yep. you. Okay. I was I was leaving the requisite because he actually wrote the word. They actually wrote the word silence. Yeah, well, so I, was I wanna... a little gap. Yeah. Well, okay, go on. So this is a super hard one mm-hmm. for me, at least, because I'm I'm really guilty of it myself. I try not to let my players talk. Yeah, we noticed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Meow. We all know. Meow, if that's right. <laughs> okay. Doesn't quite work. <laughs> Meow, if that's wrong. Okay, um, well, so wh- wh- why do you struggle with this? So, <clears throat> one of the issues that I have is that I kind of want other people to talk as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for other people to talk. Mm. Um, to sort of let them throw their ideas into the ring because yeah, sure. I, I quite often not railroad but take charge yeah. when I'm a player. Yeah. I like no, stuff I, happening, I, I, and I, I like think you. You and I both share that same verve. Yeah, I like talking, and I like people hearing what I'm saying. Hence a podcast. <laughs> um, it's like mouthing off as though it matters. Yeah, exactly. Like anybody gives a shit. Um, and I I kind of feel bad because I want other people to say stuff, so I don't say <laughs> stuff quite a lot of the time. I think it's a bit like in, it's a bit like in, in school, or like university was was the worst for me. Is that in the, like the you'll be in a seminar and the seminar leader will ask a question and everyone just looks at each other and scratches their asses. Yeah, it's like, it's like you're paying to be here. Come on, and also like three of you know. Come on, boys and girls, I know you're not all idiots. And that and and like that that always frustrated me. So basically, I would leave it for about. 10 seconds and then speak up and no one spoke up because they knew I would speak up yep and I was often wrong <laughs> I was I'm not a very well informed man but I do I do a lot of speaking and I think that covers up for a lot of it yeah you do it loudly <clears throat> yeah which is better than rightly correct I can use words like rightly mm, and nobody even notices <clears throat> nope um 
So the the standard um, advice in this one from Apocalypse World is to ask what do you do. Yep. And I think the this works super well. And that's the thing. So like this isn't such a problem in um, in face to face games. No, because... it's a huge problem online. Oh my god! It's just it's just um, in face to face games you've got the you know the ability to have body language. So mm. you can you you can turn to someone and say something, which means that you're not closing off the rest of the group. You're not putting too much pressure on that person, but you're directing it at that person. Whereas in role playing games on the internet, all all you can do is like is is pick out people by name or do the worst. So what do any of you do? And it's just the sort of um, yeah. So one of my sort of key phrases is, "What's your plan?" Yes, that's very useful. Um, rather than what do you do, mm. what's your plan? Because that's that's more broad. It's and, and also it's a softer ask. Yeah, like well, the plan is to get into the castle and yeah. rescue Fair Maiden. Ah, so how do you do that? So um, ah, so okay, yeah. how are you going to get over this yeah. this issue that we yeah. that we all know in plot is yeah. a real thing? Like the walls are very high. Okay, yeah. how are you going to deal with the walls? Yeah, and also like that gives you. When you ask what the plan is, that gives you a little cue to say, "Oh, they want me to describe this." So, like, rather than saying, um, so, 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 for example, you don't have to say what's the plan, and then the second, and then the second thing you say is, "Okay, do it." It's more, um, "Oh, we're interested, in, we're inter- interested in rescuing the princess." Ah, oh, very well. Okay, so uh, the castle is, it's, it's, it's got a deep moat around it, and you can see that there seems to be some sort of um, uh, vicious fish swimming in there. And there are two strong guards. Uh, in plate mail, uh, standing either side of the drawbridge. <laughs> I think you say under the moat. There are two strong dead guards under the moat. <laughs> in, in those enormous old-style diving bells. Um, so, <laughs> there are two strong guards on Miami Vice-style skiffs. <laughs> Leaning against a Pontiac. <laughs> there are two strong guards, Messrs. Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> one of whom is firing, the other one is driving. And then, so you, you, you describe the uh, the piranha filled moat and the uh, the nineteen seventies nineteen sixties cop duo guarding the place. And then you can do things like: Do you want to look around a bit further? Do you want to talk to the guards? How do you want to handle this? Yeah. And so that gives them like so you're feeding back more information. I will say one thing from an imp- improv point of view: from improv first, and like not all role playing is improv, and I understand that. Um, but from an improv point of view, making plans is the absolute worst. <laughs> Yes. Like, no, I you're do never supposed. That. You're never supposed to talk about what you're going to do. But however, that's that's. I'm, I'll admit here, this is one situation where maybe that doesn't work as well. No, it's not. This a lot of D and D RPGs actually mm. isn't improv. No, I think that because there's so many rules and because you're not doing it for an audience and your characters aren't say as um, discardable as the ones you'd have in, in like in a one shot improv show, then reaching group consensus about an idea and a, and a direction for the plot to go is important. Yeah, and I mean going back to improv terms, which is better, you telling people what you're going to do or utter silence? <laughs> in improv, I mean, which is better? <laughs> I will say one thing. Um, the hardest thing that I had to learn when I was doing improv classes was learning not to say anything. Like, learning absolute silence. They that have, must like, have been they, hard for you. It was fucking difficult, Chris. They have, like, they have special masks that you, you, know, that you put over which, re- which really sort of like shackle your vision and you can't speak through them. And when you wear these in scenes, you have to move incredibly slowly because you can't see a fucking thing and you have to let people react to you. And 
you become like a sounding board for ideas. You you lend weight to scenes. But it's fascinating, like watching people who like it, it's a sign of nervousness talking and 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 trying to like pad up the the, the spare things around uh, around the scene and trying and trying to control too much of it. And the harder you act, the dafter it looks. Whereas mm-hmm. um, if you do nothing, and someone says um, uh, Gr- Grant was sitting in the room and he was very sad. If I'm like, oh, I'm so sad, and I start acting, that that looks daft. If I just do nothing and stare directly forwards, then the audience starts writing sadness onto that. Yeah. And the idea is that you can be as blank as possible and let people infer. It's all very death of the author, and not crucially, at all funny. <laughs> or related. Well, it's kind of related. <laughs> no, no, I know. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think um, in, in in online role playing games, uh, the best the best way you can do this is you refer to the characters by name. Uh, so let's say, for example, um, uh, you you wrap up one scene, and then f- f- because because I, the only game I run online at the moment is Spire, by necessity I, I have the characters' names on a piece of paper in front of me with their current stress levels, their current hit point totals, effectively. And so what I do is basically go from left to right across it, and I'll be like, okay, um, Ziz, what's Gampered up to? And at that point, you can if they've got if, if they've got nothing interesting to say and they, and they they don't want to take part, then that means they don't have to, or they can say, "Oh, nothing special. I'm waiting for the next scene," or "I'm I'm I'm just I'm just filling in some time until here." That's fine, but yep. it does mean that it gives people it it gives people license to um to talk because I think one of the biggest fears in online games is talking over people or or like oh, not being cool and not being a fun player to work with, and letting people say, "All right, so this part of the scene is about you." Is your yeah. role this, as GM. this is your time to shine? Yeah, it's a bit like um, a bit like being a chair, like a chairperson. Oh, okay, yeah, that made more sense when you finished that with person. <laughs> you know, like like it's kind of a fetish thing, and it's, it's like it's like what if I, what if I got turned into a chair? Would you say to me? I was, I was like, I was, I was, I was see these like these these creepy PMs that the women submit to the internet, and it's like here's just a fun hypothetical situation. Some dude messages them. If I was shoes, would you wear me? Lol. <laughs> oh, what? No. Like I've been married to my wife for eight years, seven and a half years. I would not discuss something of that intimacy with her. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk that. I'd be like, ah, oh, you know what? She, you know what? No, no one is into this. No one is into that idea. It's just, <laughs> it's just, from, it's just me. It's just me. I'm like, hey, you know what? No kink showing. That's fine. If, if 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 you do like the idea of being shoes and being worn, that's super cool. But not if you inflict it on on other people. You big weirdo. If I were a t-shirt, would you give mm. me away to a charity shop? What's written on you? Um, I heart NY. Oh, do you fit? Yes. I'd probably wear you um, when I went running or in bed. So that's kind of good for you if you're into that. I guess. I mean, that, that's that's where I use t-shirts that I don't especially want to be seen wearing. <laughs> <laughs> the charity shop gets nothing. Grant hates yeah. charity. Yep. I think. Listen, I just think that Anne Rand had a lot of good ideas. <laughs> God. I think charity is a form of theft. Wait, Voluntary no. theft. Charity is a form of carelessness. <laughs> I, I dropped my watch in the street yesterday by accident, and I believe it was charitable. <laughs> Somebody might find it. Ask me a question. I shall ask you a question. Lay down a question upon me, and let's answer it. What's the best frequency for a D&D game by Luke Hart 214? Say, um, like 99.7 long wave. Yeah. I want this in Hertz. 
Oh, it's in Hertz. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not down on Hertz. No, that's fair. The best frequency. Um, I like weekly. I think weekly's lovely. Now as an adult? As an adult? Okay, so look. Let's look. I, have, I, 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 I play much shorter sessions now as an adult. Yeah. Um, I generally run for about three hours because people have to get in from their jobs which take place in offices or like from their jobs which aren't fun so they're, they're stressed out they're stressed out of the day you've got to travel all across the place like rather than everyone living in or near university like like when we were younger people are spread out all over London and like for one of my players in my Thursday night game she's got like an hour and 20 to get back ouch yeah and like hats off to her for fucking turning up yeah. <laughs> um but I really like I, so I, I'm in two um uh, weekly groups um, I, I GM uh, in one of them and I'm a player in the other and I really like the frequency with which um, I get to play role playing games like the speed which the story moves forward mm-hmm. and also just because I don't I don't have a very social uh, job I speak to Chris a great deal um, yep. basi- basically we just do this but don't record it sometimes and we even record it Sometimes, sometimes we record it and occasionally a book falls out but it means that I get to see people that I care about and that I like because I try not to play games with people that I don't like. Yeah, I get I get to see people that I care about and like and do fun stuff with them and get kind of pissed uh, twice a week, and that that is really good for my soul to put to to for want of a better word. I find it I, I I find it a really nice way to 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 punctuate my week. Yeah. Um, now, Chris, you don't do that. No, I I play online once a week. Mm-hmm. I have I have a Sunday game. Oh, sorry. I not also I, I host a Sunday game, but um, yep. that's that's playtesting, so it feels a bit more like work. It does feel a little bit like work, but I yeah. enjoy it as much yeah. like, yeah, know, sure. as much as I would do a normal game. Mm. Uh, but like occasionally, I mean, I, I used to play in a game that was once every month, Oof. and I have problem remembering week to week. Yeah, let alone with three weeks in the gap. You've got to look in your knickers to see your surname. Hang on, to remember your surname. <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> I was just imagining that your memory was so bad you had to look in your underwear to see what your surname was because it was oh, written okay. in your underwear. But what I said was you'd have to look in your knickers to see your surname, which is like that makes no sense. None. Zero sense, huh? <laughs> it's amazing the difference a couple of words can make. Mm. Go on, a month, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> You've thrown me off my stroke now. I'm sorry. You used to play monthly games and you have problems remembering. I, I used to remember I used to play monthly games and that is a nightmare to remember what's been going on mm. and to to care about the characters. Yeah. Like, right. That's one of the nice things about weekly games, you feel this attachment to them, they're they're mm. somewhere in your subconscious all the time. Yes, precisely. Whereas when you have it monthly, mm. you're just you just go, and who am I playing? Ah, oh, yes, there you go. Yes. Quick read of the character sheet, remember the rules yeah. of the game. Ah, this guy, yeah. And it doesn't work, and that's like, it's, it's a peculiar thing, because quite often it gets, it gets um, what's the word, compared to TV or film role-playing. And I think that we need to try and stay as far away from that as possible. The same, like, um, some way that if you look at video games around, like, the PS1 era, they were trying to get more and more filmic. Mm-hmm. And... I think now we're hitting the point where we realise that to make a good experience when you've got control on your hand, it's not just like you play for a little while, then watch a film. Hideo Kojima. <laughs> he, he, Please he stop making games like that. Yeah, and puzzled that one out yet. No. You're still getting there. 
And so when we look at role-playing games, we're not looking for the same level of intensity of experience, the same level of plot rocketing forward as we would from, let's say, I think like the closest analogue we've got is something like a, uh, a weekly drama, like Game of Thrones or Westworld. Yeah. Um, and like a lot happens in those over a single hour-long episode. They're because incredibly dense. Incre- especially like, the more American you get, the denser it becomes. Yeah. I, I, I tried watching um, American Horror Story. I'm just exhausted by the raw level of shit that was happening all the time. I love that show. I love that like, show. It was really cool, but it's like, oh, come on, like, can you just slow it down into, like, three episodes rather than half an hour? No. No. Faster, faster. It's, it's, like, it's like writing a, writing a script through a fucking pachinko machine. <laughs> That's the closest a- analogy we have, where you have sort of this ensemble cast going and doing things. Maybe have their, they have their own side things going on, but there's kind of a general narrative pushing forward. But we can't hope to have that level of intensity, or that level, because like we're not we're not spending millions of pounds an episode to make this happen. What's the we're pity? Just, what's the pity? Um, just imagine how nice the dice. What the what the fuck would you spend three million pounds on to run a game of D anD? I'm just interested actually. Like, how a very would you make nice, it better? A very nice house to run it in. Mm, and like, it would be it would be environment. Train travel for the players. Just, yeah, just all like, to like, come to my like, mansion. Private cars for the players to private cars for the players to roll up, like at the start of the film Clue. Yes, um, and then run the film Clue. Cars. Yes, actually, just run the film Clue um, with a hologram of nineteen eighties Tim Curry. Yep, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. Uh, or seventies? When where the fuck was that shot? I don't know, but mm. yeah. the important thing is Tim Curry. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so glad he isn't dead yet. Yet. Or racist. Those are the two choices. Yes. So, well, you've got dead, racist, or a horrendous sex offender. Yeah. And old Timmy C seems to be just like three for three. He's great. <laughs> he seems to be doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he can't really walk anymore. That's a shame. I don't that like. Is he's, sad. he's not very well, but he does. He does seem to have behaved himself with a, a modicum of restraint. Yeah. <laughs> and given the fact that he's Tim Curry, he didn't have to. <laughs> 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 he could have been as racist and dead as you liked. <laughs> <laughs> that bar was set low for him. Yeah, I'd like that. I would. I would probably. Um, what would I spend three million? I, I think environment would be nice, or like hiring out castles in the middle of nowhere and yeah. getting and getting staff. And at that point, at that point, that's a LARP, right? Yeah, but I mean, you can spend a lot of money on actually really nice props. Yeah, that's like if true. you've got handouts and things like that, getting those uh, like, really high quality, like professionally done. If I like so beautiful, um, if I could just like in the morning think, oh, you know what, I've got a great idea for a handout, and then walk through to my calligrapher and be like, uh, Janine, can you just can you just uh, pen this up for me? And then she, and then I'd, I'd throw wads of cash at her, and Janine yeah. would have it all penned out by by the night for my for my players to arrive, who are perfect in order. Bill Murray, <laughs> George Clooney, George Clooney's excellent lawyer wife, uh, whose name I fucking forget, which is a problem, and um, Anthony Royal Thompson. <laughs> so hang on, I no, sorry, I, sorry, sorry, I understand sorry. two oh, of sorry. them because sorry. I, cause I know you want to sleep with them. Easily Harris. But... <laughs> Is he there to cook dinner afterwards? What's this? Uh, so that was that was a, 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 a like. I think about twenty episodes ago, we, we picked up what celebrity chefs we want to play with. Oh yes. I'm sorry, that was that was a callback which did not need to be made. And anyway, it's uh, it's Ainsley Herriot. Oh, okay. He's the absolute best. Blessed Ainsley. If anything, actually, you know what? Scrap all of those others. Um, <laughs> I want four Ainsleys, just to hold me so good. 
<laughs> Imagine four big Ainsley Harriets giving you a hug. In his, in his slippery, oily grasp. I like, like he's clothed and stuff. It's like he's, 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 he's uh, all four of them are wearing a different coloured, but equally soft flannel shirt. No, I just, Im- I just imagine that Ainsley Harriet is a man who always, always has food on his hands. I like to imagine that he moisturises his hands, so they're quite, they're, they're, they're that sort of when you shake hands with a with an expensive lady, with a posh lady, <laughs> with an expensive lady. You know, like she spent a lot on her appearance, and she okay, has she has yeah. nice hair and good coat and painted nails, and her hands have that sort of level of money grease. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, yes, I greased my hands especially before I left the money my house. just slides out of the palm. I can't hold on to it. Um, was that your question or mine? Hang on, I was, I'm going to say that was my question. Yes, you did, frequency. Uh, so, but what is the best one for you? Is it, is it, is it weekly, yeah? Weekly is ideal. Um, yeah. There was talk of two games in a week. Oh, no. Like the same, the same campaign. No. Who has that kind of time? Oh, well, okay. The, only, okay. the only other one I will accept is fortnightly, but with a different game. So you're having a game every week. Yes, that's fine. We, we used to do that in Norwich. Um, I think also, like, the frequency of the games can be different from the level of attendance for the players. So if you have, like, 12 players in a D&D group, but only five of them show up at any given time, yeah, then the game exists for, you know, six hours a week on this on this evening, but access to it and story progression is depending on who shows up. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the last question. Ask me... Ask me. Will, Will with one L, asks, press the digitation. Why? Because it's the best spell. Mm, Greece is the best spell. That's been established. Aside from Greece, mm-hmm. it's clearly the best spell. Why? You want to make some quick money? I, make- mate, I'm always up for a gambit. What's, what's, what's the sitch? Press to digitate yourself a gold ring. Ah. So and then... Give it to someone. And then walk the hell away, because that ring's going to disappear in about an hour. Do you think that people might not be wise to this scheme, given that prestidigitation is one of the most commonly available spells? How do you test it? I'm just going to hang on to this for... Sorry, mate, what level are you? I'm I'm only level two. I'm going to hang on to this for two hour. Don't know that. I could have extended metamagic to it. At which point, that's a gambit. I also like. I also like, like to think that, that everything you make the prestidigitation looks a bit rubbish. Like it isn't. It isn't a perfect replica of a gold coin. What it looks like is stage jewelry. Yeah. So, like on stage, it would look like a gold coin, but up close, it's far too flashy. You can use it to heat your tea. You can. You can use it. You can use it to moisten or dry. Yeah. Um, have, I, have I discussed the moistening noise on the podcast before? No, but please do it at length, in depth. Mm. So this is from a um, a book which you bought from Oxfam many years ago. It was like it was, I forget which edition of D and D book there was, but it had a daft looking Gif Yankee on the cover, uh-huh. or 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 an adjacent book anyway. Um, and it had all of the um, vocal and hand components for the different bits of prestidigitation. Mm. And the one for dampen is you... Uh, okay, so let, let, let's do it together. Listener, do this too if, if, if you're in public. Um, take your hand and put it palm up. Yep. And then, and then form, your, your hand, uh, form your fingers into kind of a cup shape. Yep. Now, aside from your thumb, wiggle your fingers. Yep. And then go... Ooh. Ooh. 
I can't that, advise you. That will dampen things. Yeah. That's the one they picked for dampen. That's a legitimate thing that they did. That's canon. The reason why prestidigitation is, is because otherwise there'd have to be about 20 spells which are all bullshit. <laughs> no, no wizard is going to take dampen or change colour. But you get a whole bouquet of delicious tricks and treats under prestidigitation. Yeah, and it lets you do lots of mundane things magically. Mm, cleaning. Cleaning. It lets you light a cigarette. Yeah. It you lets know, you, that sort uh, of stuff. Change the colour of things for a little while. Yeah, like, you can just go, oh dear, I clash. Boff. No, I it, don't. It, it kind of gives you whatever cruise control elves have on for style. Yeah. It has that, so like, elves never have dirty clothing because they have prestidigitation, unless they're wood elves. But like, high elves, no, like, the they can walk through valleys and mountains and forests for weeks, and then and and then whenever you see them, their clothes are always perfectly white and clean because of prestidigitation. Yeah, it's, it's why... a fantastic little spell. Yes, it's lovely. I think that one of the problems with D and D and prestidigitation and ghost sound and mage hand and the fun zero level spells. Yeah. Is that you get all these fun tools and you're like, oh, I want to use them. I want to use them in combat somehow. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. How much of the game is combat? All of it. Yes. Ninety-eight percent is combat. Yes. Um, and so that's that's kind of tricky. And like, I think I I've used Mage Hand to like grab sand and throw it in someone's face. Um, <laughs> but that's only because you were slightly too far away from the sand. <laughs> Chris, I was sat down, and I, I just sat down, and I didn't intend on getting up again. <laughs> I was very sleepy. I had a drink. <laughs> and like, I've used ghost sound to do distractions in combat and stuff, but it's like it's okay. It's they, they they give you these fun toys, and they don't really let you play with them very well. And it's like Mayshand is great as long as the object is unattended, mm. and you can't use it to poke someone and attack someone. It's like it's not like it's just it doesn't confer any sort of magical strength upon the wizard. It just basically gives him a thirty foot reach, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, Although, like for role playing Chris, games, Chris that's that's my new character. <laughs> a boxer with thirty foot reach who's this wizard and old wizard. No, no, because you can Mage can only apply five pounds of force. Well, what if what if I applied it on a very small point? Then it would still be five pounds of force. Oh, I could puncture skin with it. That's true, but well, like, it doesn't really sound like a boxer, does it? <laughs> it sounds like somebody with knitting needles. Okay, he carries himself like a boxer, but then just blinds people with me. <laughs> Goes for the eardrum. <laughs> Invisible. Oh man, that's horrible. Just like, just like side of the knee. Yeah. Oh, right in there. Ugh, oh, wiggle it around in the soft bits. Mm, come on, come on now. I think that'll do us, Chris. I think it will. Wiggling it around in the soft bits. Thank you for listening to this episode, this forty-sixth episode of Hearty Dice Friends. We love you. And we especially love those of you who give us Patreon cash. And if you want to give us a bit of cash to help us contribute uh, to, 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 to contribute towards the uh, the podcast because you like it and you want us to do it more and you want us to like release some more stuff, we're interested in getting... Like, the more support we get, the more stuff we're going to put out, basically. And if you want to do that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends and give us a little bit of cash per episode. Also, if you want to ask us a question, um, joining joining the Patreon is the best way because that gives you access to the Discord, which gives you access to the questions channel, which is a much easier way of getting questions than any other way. 
We've also got, um, if you want to ask us a question on Twitter, you can find us at hdfpodcast.com. And finally, if you want to send us an email, if you've got a big old fat boy of a question, then you can send it to us at heartydosefriends at gmail.com. Now, Chris. Now, Grant. Why don't you tell the audience how much you love them? Because I can't think of why I love them right now. Oh, God, what, what's, what's happened between you and the audience? Uh, well, we've had a little tiff. Oh, no! There was a what, moment. Was it, was it over the fridge again? They, they left the fridge door closed. <laughs> you hate that! I was trying to defrost the fridge! <laughs> Plus you get scared when the light turns off because you think the food gets scared. I think I'm blind! <laughs> Listen, the the strain of taking care of a blind partner is going to put a lot on our listeners who we who are now it appears are in some sort of relationship with us. <laughs> <clears throat> Look, I've got problems. Yeah, you've got problems. Look, I want you to work through this because the love for our listeners and those sweet dollar dollars they bring in <laughs> is all that keeps us doing this podcast. And all that keeps us eating food. Yeah. Yeah, I really like eating food. It's great. It is good. Listen, Chris is very sorry about what about what he did earlier, about those things he said. He said a lot of things. He was really drunk and very scared, and I think blind in the fiction. And so he said some things that he didn't mean. He said some things that weren't true. And he's going to apologise to you now. Okay, Chris, do it. Say, say sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Say sorry properly. I'm sorry properly. Say sorry properly with a kiss. I'm sorry. There you go. Nice. Isn't that better, listeners and Chris? <laughs> now you two run along and go play. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I've had a lovely time recording this week's episode. It's been great. Yes. Um, we look forward to seeing you next week, and if not before, although it's unlikely. My name's Grant <laughs> Hurt. <laughs> I'm Chris Taylor. And we're the Hardy Dice friends. Goodbye. Bye.